Welcome to the 9 to 5 Killers podcast, an explorative and insightful journey inside the minds of some of the most successful entrepreneurs who have killed their day jobs to pursue their passions. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to episode one of the 9 to 5 Killers podcast. I am your host Glenn Graham and joining me is my sound engineer Deesh. He's also my sound guy but he's also my battery booster. Um, We have a very special guest today, comedian, hustler of the year, a business owner, 9-5 killer, meet the plug. Welcome, welcome, sir. What's uh, up, what's up? How are you doing today? I'm chilling. Yeah, what what'd you, what'd you have to eat? What'd you eat today? Well, I some muffins at a little muffin pack. A muffin pack? Yeah, yeah. sounds very Chocolate healthy. Chip. Sounds yeah. very healthy. <laughs> what did you eat? Uh, me, I had some avocado toast with some sesame <laughs> seed crust. Come on, man. <laughs> Yo. Was it good, bro? It sounds healthy, but you know that you know that is that you know that green those greens they're good but it's not that not that serious yo can next time you do that can me and dish come yeah yeah dish dish don't eat that stuff but dish is gonna be on board soon yeah gonna be doing that that's what i'm talking about all right let's start it off um i gotta i gotta start with this you know i gotta find out where did you get the name to plug it sounds really cool i like it um enlighten me where'd you get that i appreciate it well i got the name when i went to dr um I met this guy, he introduced himself as uh, Mackenzie, 24-7, and a plug. So he was asking me a lot of questions. He was like, yo, um, I can get you anything you want. So he was talking about, like, drugs and all. And I said, Playboy. I ain't into none of that. I like women. So he was like, oh, okay. Right, right. But the main thing where I got from him, I even got the name, is that um, everywhere I went, he made sure he took care of me. He watched my back 24-7, like, um... He even took me to his house to show me where he lived at. And um, from how his living quarters was, it was very small, but he had a roommate. And it, it showed me how humble he was. Mm-hmm. And it he really didn't have to do that, but he didn't care. So it just showed me that, like, it was just wild because, like, when he went to work, the guy was sleeping in the bed. It was vice versa, and that just bugged me out because, like, I never seen nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So... When I came back to New York, I was just like, once I started doing like comedy stuff and music stuff, I was I called him and I told him uh, I want to use your name. Mm. So I put the two U's to pay homage to him because it meant a lot to me. So because a lot of things people don't be secure about, even like he being a dude per se, people be scared to be like, people not in touch with their feelings. Like it's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's okay to pay homage to people, like. Nah, it's only right. Yeah, nah, that, that's very respectful. A lot of times, people will use a name and they won't they won't ask permission. So I yeah. think that's that's pretty dope that you asked. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. So, where, what you most of, most of the people I interview, they are nine to five killers, but they don't tell me what about their first job. So I got to ask you, like, where, where first of all, where'd you where'd you come up from, and and where was your first like job, like what, like where are you from, and then where was your first job that you can remember working for somebody else? Yeah, I worked at um, it was like a grocery store, mm-hmm. um, in Monticello. 
Where's that at? That's upstate, but by uh, Woodbury Collins, about like forty. Yeah, yeah. I know the Timberland Outlet. Up yeah, there. Yeah, 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 right yeah. there, right, right there. Okay, okay. I'll tell you a story about Timberland <laughs> Outlet. But right. I, they had, they put me in a freezer department, mm-hmm. and it was nothing but ice cream and all of that. They said if something get damaged, mm-hmm. throw it away. So I would be in the store, stepping on the different ice creams that I like. Right. So I'll be in the freezer eating the ice cream. I say, yo, this is lit. So now I don't even like really eat ice cream because I, I had bonbons. You know, bonbons yeah. is expensive. Yeah, yeah. I had, it was crazy. Like you would see my face. I had mad chocolate. It was crazy. Oh, so you had like you, you broke out from it? Yeah. No, nah, it was just like I was eating so much. <laughs> and then my face, I'm at work. Like it was crazy. Yeah. But I loved it, though. It was it was it was fun. But in the back of my head. I can never work. I, I always was like that. I can I hated working for people because like you're on their schedule and then they telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. And that was like mm-hmm. that was like too much for me at a young age. How how old were you about then? Back then? I was like um I was like 15, but it was a turning point in my life. I went down south and I visited my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather lived in Alabama. That's where I was born at. And my grandfather could do a job that would take four people. My grandfather was very handy. He could paint. He could do everything. So I went to his boss's house. His boss had a yacht. This is a turning point in my life where I said, I didn't mean to disrespect my grandfather, but he took it like that. I didn't mean it. And I told him I'll never work hard as him. Mm. Because he bought his, his, boss, his boss a yacht. Right. Bought him a yacht, and it was crazy from my grandfather putting all them hours in. My grandfather was living in a trailer. So that was like a big turning point in my life where I got real mad. Right. I got mad at my grandfather because I'm like, how you working all these hours for this dude? Mm-hmm. And he's living top notch, and you living like that. And he took it the wrong way because my grandfather was real old school. Mm-hmm. Because... um it's just, it was different rules from being in Alabama. What what made you think that your grandfather took it the wrong way? Because it's how I said it. Yeah. Because I don't mean to be sarcastic, mm-hmm. but it's just, it was like, it was shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm looking at this dude's house and it was just amazing. And I'm looking at my grandfather's house. Right. And it's how I said it. And it, it just, because it basically like, Mess with his manhood, per se. Yeah, but you, you you said it in what way? What did you say exactly to your grandfather? I'm just curious. I was just like, I was like, yo, granddad. Because remember, we're from New York. So our, however we say it, our demeanor is more aggressive yeah. than down south. Because right. everybody down south is just laid back. They like, hey, man, what you doing all that <laughs> down there, man? Right, right. But us from New York, we're very fast-paced. We're very aggressive. And it was just like, I was like, yo, granddad, how you working for this this guy? And look how he's living. And then look how you living. Like you putting wow. all them hours because it hurt me. Like right. people don't look at stuff like that. So it really affected me because like it was just crazy. And how 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 old were you back then? I was like 15. You was 15. Yeah. Right. So at that age, so 15 was the last time you've worked for somebody or? or I had other odd jobs, but. Mm-hmm. Um, what was like the last the last job and the last age you say like you, you worked for uh, a, another company? That's I worked at, I was 23, and I worked for, like, a company called, like, ARC, and they worked with, like, clients, high-functioning clients, 
it was like um they need help right with like everyday little stuff so it was too much for me like i did that for a couple of years but you had to wash them you had to feed them it was a lot oh, like a home a home attendant yeah it was a lot oh wow so you so you the home atten- the home at- the people that you had to you had to bathe them were that because they were elderly or they were sickly no they was uh i don't know how to say it because i don't want to sound um, no no say i mean they was know, like mentally mentally disturbed or mentally uh, uh yeah they, yeah yeah they had, yeah, yeah. They had, they had handicapped they were mentally like, yeah. all, like okay i got it and so you had to take care of these people and you didn't want to do that because it was a lot it was a lot of work it was a do. lot because like mm-hmm. um when i first came in there i had to get adjusted to eat because mm-hmm. like the people like they wouldn't do their job they wouldn't change their diapers so i had to go in there clean the beds it was a lot so i couldn't even eat there half the time because i had to get adjusted to the smells and stuff but basically i got i liked the job after a while but it was just too much time because the hours that you're putting in you're not getting you're not getting paid what you deserve because you're doing a lot right, right and then um basically i had to leave the job it was just too much because you're stressed out and then the people that you work with are against you because mm-hmm. it's just like somebody always trying to get somebody fired and it's petty and i have done i have time for that yeah i think that happens in, in most jobs um yeah. so basically i i had a situation where a boss told me i was working for a boss and it was Kate Flax. I'll never forget this. This was on 50th Street. And I was like, I think it was like 19 or 20, and I'm working hard. And she goes to me one day. She's like, you know, she pulled me to the side. She said, you don't work hard enough. And I said, well, you know, I'm working as hard as I can. She's like, well, you don't work fast enough. You got two speeds, slow and stop. Yep. And she says, you know what? You look like a guy. You don't want to work for anybody. I said, what do you mean? She's like, you have the attitude of a person that doesn't want to work for anybody. She said, do you think I pay you enough? And I said, no. He said, I agree, I don't pay you enough, but I don't pay you for what, I don't pay you for what you're worth. I pay you for what you do. Yeah. And you're not doing anything. And if I was nice to you, you'd probably stay here. So I have vision that you're not gonna like me very much. And, yeah. I, didn't, and I didn't stay with her long. And I don't know if she's still alive, but this lady was already, you know, she's like, like she, she faced death a couple of times. So I don't know if she's still yeah. around, but she <laughs> definitely inspired me to, to take my jobs more seriously yeah. most importantly take myself more seriously mm-hmm. so next question i have for you is um did you did you attend any like schools or anything the funny thing mm-hmm. is that i, I could, graduated i graduated high school mm-hmm. and i didn't know what to do so i went down to virginia visited like um my uncle and my aunt and i'm in virginia i'm trying to figure stuff out but I watched a Job Corps commercial, mm-hmm. and I went to Earl C. Clemens Job Corps in Kentucky. Wow, it's the biggest Job Corps in the world. So what happened was that. Um, and I saw you. What, what's, what's Job Corps? I, I hear about it a lot. Like some of my some of the guys I grew up with, they always talked about it. What is, what is Job Corps exactly? Job Corps is like a training for kids to get a trade and want to better themselves. Right, right. Because a lot of them didn't finish school; they just partied their life out. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of them had to go there because they got in trouble and the um the judge would send them there right that's the guys that i knew okay yeah <laughs> now, so now with I me mm-hmm. i was chilling i was just like i'm not i don't do none of that so right. I, I don't didn't have a police record didn't have none of that but i was just trying to figure out myself because at that time when you graduate 
you're very vulnerable to like what you're going to do. You either get caught up in the streets, go get your regular nine to five, or you just got to try to figure it out. Nobody mm-hmm. can really give you a blueprint. And then I was just like, I think that'd be dope to do that. So what, what trade, what trade did you pick up in job Corps? Uh, carpentry. Carpentry. Were you, were you any good at it or? I'm the type of dude, I could see somebody, I could watch somebody do something and then I could do it. Like measuring stuff, I really didn't like numbers I wasn't good at. But if I see you do something, I could basically duplicate it. But everybody was lazy. So I was just like, yo, this is whack. So I ain't find it interesting no more, but I always cut hair. Right. So I would just be in a little closet. I would cut hair. And then um, I just basically just stayed with that because they had a big riot there. This is the most bugged out thing. They had mm-hmm. a riot. And, and I cut. And Job Corps? Yeah, it was okay. a riot. It was a race riot. Right. Okay. And the dudes, like, I, it was like something out of a movie. I was like, this ain't real. And I knew the power of a barber because this dude tried to run up on me. Mm-hmm. And the Haitians dudes was like, do not touch the barber. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> And I was like, that was that was powerful for me because basically a barber, they won't touch a barber. Right. Because like they like that's not his type of life. Right, right. And people will protect you, people that care about you. And it bugged me out because I ain't know the dudes like that I would cut their hair. Mm-hmm. But they was just like, Don't touch him. I don't care what else we got going on. Don't touch him. Don't touch him. It was it was a big race ride. It was crazy. Do you do you so your first your first your first nine to five, or your first not, not your first nine to five kill job, like the one that you did when you decided to work for yourself, is that the barber a barber shop or what was the? It was the. Nah, my first like nine, like I could say this was um, I had to be like nine. My pops no, no, I, I mean like your first where you didn't work for somebody, you worked for yourself. I mean, yeah. Okay, okay. This time I picked up like little entrepreneur. Got it, got it. My pops and them would drink all the time. Mm-hmm. So. And then I found out you could change, take the things, the beer cans, and take them to the store. Yeah. So I would sit there, and I would keep handing them beer. It was crazy. I was like, and I kept handing them beers. I was like, oh, rinse them out. Yeah. Take it to take the store. So I was just like, I was like, okay, that's a little money. So I would like go around the neighborhood and just go look for cans and stuff like that. But my real, real job was um, cutting hair. Mm-hmm. So, what was the transition from you being, like, you know? So I, I see where you started, where you were like getting a hunger to do something on yeah. your own. Now, I have people listening, and you gotta imagine the people that are listening are nine to five killers in the making. Yeah. They got a nine to five, they're not happy with what they're doing. But what I hear is a lot of people tell me, well, you know, I got a son, or I'm old, or I got, you know, there's a lot of reasons. The job provides a certain amount of security. There's a lot of reasons not to do, um, leave a nine to five. What do you tell those people, like, how you started your your thing? Like, you went out there, and how did you start the barbershop? Like, give me, like, give us some details so that we can fill in the blanks of how a person can get started. So they, they might not want to get a barber, be a barber, but yeah, how do you got make you. that transition? The reality situation is you can't be scared. There's no fear. You got to have that plan A. Just do, do whatever you think. If you think it's going, like, whatever you want to do, I don't know what your trade is. Just do it. Do not be afraid. You have nothing to lose. So, like, when I got initially, like, when I became a barber, I worked for a lot of people, and I picked up their good habits and stuff like that, and I was just curious. So I was just like, you know what? Let me just do this. 
So I borrowed money from my mom. She let me borrow some money, her income tax. And my other sister let me borrow income tax. And I was like, I can't, I can't let this fail. I'm not going to let myself down. So it's 2019. Mm -hmm. And with everything that's going on, you could do anything you want. The, why is it? It doesn't matter if you have kids. It's all about sacrifice. If you want something, get it. Okay, so Plug, what mindset did you need to adopt in order to become a boss? Because you need a certain type of, of thinking in order to step into this new role. Yeah, you got to have a thick skin. And um, you can't care. You can't because... It took me like a million no's per se. And I had to accept it because for you to master your craft, you got to make mistakes. You got to be able to fail. That's the only way you're going to learn. If you don't fail, you're not going to learn. And then what made me not care, I went to Colombia by myself. And I'm there by myself, know like five Spanish words. <laughs> and I made it there and I made it back. I was out there 10 days. Wow. So it's just like, what do we have to lose? We live, like you only live once. So just don't care and just enjoy life. Just do whatever you want to do, do it, try it. If it don't work, make it work. That's my whole philosophy and stuff. Just just make it work, don't give up. And don't doubt yourself, keep pushing yourself. Cause nobody ain't gonna push you like you, you can push yourself. Cause you know what makes you happy. And you know what makes you sad. So. So the thing, the thing I like that, but the thing that I noticed about you is you're a super humble person and you make what you do, you make it look easy. You make it look like somebody could yeah. just get online and just do it. You, so you got to tell me something. A lot of people think that. I know, but I know that knowing the social media, I know that it's not. I know that to gain the amount of followers you have takes a, a certain amount of work. So I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. I need you because this is what people are going to ask me. Yeah. Because people have asked me. They said, well, how does he do it? Yeah. So I'm going to ask you for these people. Yeah. Give a breakdown a day in the life of the plug. <laughs> I want I want a break from when All you right. get up in the morning. Let's say a typical okay. day. This simple. Give me a breakup, breakdown. What okay. time you get up and everything? I'm I'm gonna be quiet. I get up around like um, say seven o'clock in the morning, and then I'm on social media, and I'm talking to like majority of all my followers. I ask them how they doing and stuff like that because I'm on a personal level. Nobody communicates no more. So I had to learn. You have to find your niche that works for you. So when I'm doing that, I'll be in the shower. After I get done talking to them, I get in the shower. Mm -hmm. Then I go into my barbershop. And I'm working all the way to um, whatever time. Like seven, eight, nine, sometimes at night. But I'm always jotting down like little ideas. Or um, I'm setting up um, appointments with uh, different females because the majority of my skits were a lot of females. Right. Because right. I love women. And right. I like being around women. <laughs> right. The way they smell. All of that. that wait, 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 hold on. You work at a barbershop. So how a guy that loves you know, women work in a barbershop? There's a bunch of men in there all day. Oh, that's the reason I don't go to jail. I'm around, <laughs> around enough dudes just cutting hair. So, but right. it, I always use that joke. Mm -hmm. And then people would be like, yo, um, you could be doing other stuff. I'm doing stuff that I love. And I always tell people this, and this is my cliche. Would you rather me do heroin mm. or do stuff that I enjoy? Right. They, a lot of people take that the wrong way, but we all know right from wrong. Mm -hmm. So I say that to leave that, that thought in your head. Because when you think of that drug, per mm -hmm. se, 
you going down, yeah, <laughs> down for the yeah. count. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not going down for the count. And then after nine o'clock, I go home, shoot some more skits. And then I still talk to people at night. I'll be up till four o'clock in the morning. All right. But so I got to dig a little deep. Yeah, go ahead. So you got a person. I know, I know a bunch of folks think they write, they doing skits. Mm-hmm. But what, what sets you apart from them? What, why do people, so I don't, we don't know one. How do you make your money on this? Let's be basic. In your business, me on the inter- entertainment, on the social media, on social media, I my thing is if I don't connect with you mm-hmm. as a person that really don't know me, mm-hmm. why am I gonna trust your brand? Mm-hmm. You're not even talking to me, so you expect me. That's like me looking at to buy your stuff. If you're not talking to me, what am I gonna talk to you for? Right. I don't believe in nothing you're telling me, so I build the trust. I don't force my stuff on people. That's that's one thing I don't I don't do. I'm not here to sell you a false dream. I want you to be comfortable enough so when you see me, I want you to be able to curse me out. Mm-hmm. That's the friendship and bond that I want to build. And that's how I look at it because like everybody sell you BS. I'm not that dude. I would never do that. And my mom always told me, if you could sell me something, you could sell me a shirt and all of that. If I'm making you sell me a shirt and and she's my mom she instilled that in my head but i don't put the pressure because i'd rather keep if 200 people really support me i'm riding down with them 200 something people that's right so i just build i definitely just build the connection and that's how i make money Mm -hmm. through your through your merchandise then yeah through my merchandise so i mean in terms of skit though just do do people pay you for skits or then how do they hire you they hire me i just connect with a lot of people Mm. That's just the thing. Like um, with anything, you got to build relationships, right? Because nothing is gonna grow. So soon, mm-hmm. but a lot of how I'm getting paid is doors opening for me. That's the best way I could put it. I like that because I'm getting more exposure. It's even with your show, right? Like it means a lot to me. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. One <laughs> dude hit me up uh-huh. <laughs> and asking me questions. I said, I can't give you my blueprint because my blueprint is not gonna work for you mm-hmm. because. Everybody got to figure out. Wait, somebody, 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 somebody hit you up and asked you what? Yeah, he was just like, um, "What video footage? Like, what are you doing to edit the videos? Right. What program you use and stuff like that?" I said, "I use a Mac." Mm-hmm. I said, "The Mac is not for everybody." Right. I said, "It's like when we eat food. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how to eat that food because I like eating with my hands. Right. I'm a man, man. <laughs> I'm just playing, <laughs> but I eat with my hands. Right. It, it determines on a person. So I said, go online, Google stuff." that you feel familiar with look stuff up because it's many times people told me stuff and I wasted a lot of time where I could have just right. looked up the stuff myself and then figured it out and wasted a lot of money. Exactly. What do so, you feel about, um, so one of the things I would say, you know, when I look at you, I see um, that I see in myself as consistency. Yeah. You got to be consistent. You, you seem to be a person that, you know, you obviously have a certain type of discipline. So yeah. when I see someone saying to me, for example, I want to be this, but they don't, they won't take the time and, and, and put out, they don't want to put, put out, the hours. You put out something like, how many videos do you put out? For example, um, I'm always getting a notification. Like every, every three days. Really? It seems more than that. I know. Sometimes it do. It seems like every day you put out something new. I know. I'll put a picture out. <laughs> it's just that, um, mm-hmm. I want consistent work. I, I don't want to put garbage. Right. So I want it because people look at my stuff, they say it's different. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? I get it. 
And that's what's special about it because, like, um, that's dope. Because every, it's a billion people doing comedy. Right. But for you to tell me you're different, that means a lot to me. And, it, and like, I love it because this is something I love doing and it's not work. So there's right. no pressure. But if you love my stuff, I'll make sure I keep putting consistent stuff out because I have the hunger. Okay. And then I always just film just to have material because people been doing this and I'm just brand new. So I got to outwork them because I'm going to be number one. Got it. I like that. Yeah. It's just, it's it's just, I, I see the stuff that they're doing and they lost that hunger. Right. And my drive is just crazy. So. Well, some, somebody told me just to, to edge off that. Someone told me a while back that the, the wolf climbing the hill, it's hungry. It's hung, more hungry than a wolf that's on top of the hill, sitting mm -hmm. on the top of the hill. So I feel that. Yeah. Uh, question though, yeah. you have a, you know, you do a lot of racy skits, right? Do you yeah, have yeah. any younger people that follow you or look up to you? That any kids? Any, yeah. So how do you, how do you address that? Like, what do you tell them? My thing is that we all know right from wrong, mm -hmm. and people that personally know me know how my character. I keep it a, a hundred with them. As long as I don't, uh, how can I say, influence them in the wrong direction by persuading them to do that. It's just like a young kid, he comes to my shop and I was on this girl page. These kids are more advanced than us, than, than we know. Because mm -hmm. he was looking at this girl page, it's Miss Penny, mm -hmm. and then he noticed I follow her. Some guy from online was talking junk about me. The kid stood up for me mm. and I was in shock. Right. So I lost, for me being in the barbershop, I lost clients from sketchy, like from skits and really? music videos because they say, oh, that's too much. Because the reality situation, everybody that know me, I keep it 100. I had my nephews dancing in the video. Right. And it was girls twerking. Right. I said, take it how you want it. At the end of the day, all my nephews, good kids, they get good grades. I don't have a police record. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting drugs in my nephew's face. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing nothing to, to have harm with them. They all have a good relationship with me. I'm not perfect, but I'm not doing nothing that's going to drive you to be like, you should do that. Right. So. Question. So what yeah, do you, what do you think about younger people? Like what advice would you give to a younger person following you on your path? I would tell them, do what you love. I can't tell you, if you need help, my phone is always on. People tell you that all the time. Because I was once young, and I know how people are at times. There's a lot of miserable people that don't want to help you. So you got to take their encouragement to help people out. Like, be a leader. Stop being a follower. Do what you think. I always tell people that. That's the reason I always think outside the box. And I'm not going to deprive some kid that has a talent and be like, talk down to them so they can't have encouragement because each person that you touch mentally in their mind to drop that seed that that's like karma and i believe in karma mm -hmm. so it's worth more than money like yeah. it's just building that bond that's my that's my whole thing with life just building bonds with people and i have nothing to hide so when people ask me stuff either you're gonna agree with it or you ain't agree you ain't going to agree with it because I'm not here to kiss nobody, but so exactly. it's just, 
it is what it is how do you how do you find out who you're going to work with because there's a lot of people that will want to jump on and want to get involved what you're doing how do you distinguish who you're going to work with and who you're not going to work with that's very simple i i see how people move i'm very i know what's going on i watch and i pay attention and i always ask my nephews and them because they're younger so they know what's going on they know what's popping i'll look on the instagram see who they're following and see if it agree with me because i hit up a lot of people to work with them they might say something that i don't like they might say something i agree but for me doing this comedy i don't know everything so when i work with them i learn i pick up their traits and i'm just curious what makes them funny so i add it to what i'm doing and it builds my own my craft a lot better because i'm you learn something new every day Mm-hmm. And that's my thing. So it's, you got to decide if you want to work with that person. Cause I don't, you could be strict with me. Like I worked with Asia Star. She's very on point. I learned a lot from her from the couple hours that we worked and she's very talented. So I sat there and I kept watching and she was like, we got to do it over. We got to do it over. And as many times I worked with people, they was like, okay, we're done. Right. Then I was like, that's cool. So I'm picking up on vibes. So everything is just a learning process. So, you got to figure out. You got to go with your gut. Your mm-hmm. gut will never prove you wrong. So. Okay. so I had recently, not recently, maybe about a year or two, I bumped into Damon Wayans. And he was mentioning about the new age comedian. He didn't He didn't think your style of, of he didn't say you personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he didn't say your style of comedian is messing up the game. And he was saying all this stuff. And there was another guy that was there. And I was kind of chiming in every once in a while mm-hmm. saying, you know, guys like you, use the technology yeah. where Damon Wayne and them, they already had a platform they had a family name. Mm-hmm. And so, but his issue was like, Oh, they don't learn how to do it the proper way. And, and I don't think he meant it in a bad way. Yeah. I just think that they don't know how hard you guys work. So tell me a little bit about your work ethic in terms of how you work and also how you use the technology to bring all those things to the forefront. This is the thing. I'm way older than my nephews. I'm way older than my nephews. <laughs> The reality situation, they know what's going on. If you don't adapt to what's going on today, you're going to get left out. And they don't, for him to say that, because he don't understand the technology. You'd rather starve? You'd rather starve? Because he's not going, the reality situation, this ain't even jabbing at him. He's not going to sit down and tell you what to do and what works mm-hmm. for him. And it's not going to work for you because it's a different time. Right. Because as much, you got to do a lot of work. Even if you're not in his situation, you still got to work hard. You got to be funny. And you got to pick up a following. So you still got to do a lot of work. I still do a lot of work. And I would never take nothing from them. Because they're still forefathers of comedy, whoever they are. Because like, in Living Color, put a big stamp on a lot of stuff where they touched on a lot of issues and stuff like that. And he has to understand these younger kids, they could be doing a lot worse than what they're doing, but they're doing something positive. If, if it works for them, it, it works. Because I would have never thought people really be commenting on my stuff. And I'm looking at people, even a female, her name is Candace Brooks. And I see the talent in her. And I'm just like, yo. And I always be very supportive of her because she's been through a lot. Like, I told her, don't be ashamed because she was out there, her, her mind was gone. So I try to have much respect for her and I'll push her. I'm like, we gonna do this. We have nothing to lose. 
So it's just motivating her so she can move up to the next level because she's way more talented than me. She's like, she's dope and I appreciate her. And I'm still learning from her because a lot of times I be stuck. So, and I appreciate her. Man, this was good. This was a good podcast and I'm I'm glad to have you on yeah, board, yeah. man. Uh, like I said, humble dude, even to the end, you you shouting somebody else out on your, or your, yeah. <laughs> I like that, man. Yeah. Cause that's one thing I like about you. You share, you share the light and I think good people. Yeah. Will will continue to be to do well because you can you continue to share and as long as you do that you're gonna I see a lot of big things in your future. I thank you for coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To Nine Five Killers podcast, boy Dish over here, the battery, the killer, the slayer, in the side over here. You know, let's thank get you, it. Dish. Let's get it. Big things popping, little things stopping. It's the plug, baby. Plug, baby. Let's get it, my boy Glenn, the host with the most. <laughs> Dish. Better hide him, and my boy Dish. That seltzer water's popping. The 9 to 5 Killers podcast is now available for your listening pleasure on Spotify, Apple Podcast and Stitcher.